0: Our first glimpse of Edward Henry Eustace Pontefract, but pronounced Pomfret, Lamley, seventh Earl of Wick, reveals an elderly gentleman in a more than elderly suit, climbing up the flinty lane which leads from Noakes' farm to Hogsdown, and panting a little as he makes the grade. Oof, he says occasionally as he urges himself on this afternoon constitutional. Get away, he adds, when the flies which have followed him from Noakes' cowshed become more than usually troublesome. Annie, he calls at intervals. This way, old girl. And as often as he admits this last appeal, an elderly lady spaniel, a matron of prodigious girth, looks out from the undergrowth on one side or other of the lane, appears to nod at his lordship, and instantly dives back again. Warm, mutters the earl, and it is warm. Could do with rain, he murmurs, but with philosophy and resignation. And then, as the track becomes fainter and steeper and the flies turn back again, he abandons even these trifling comments on the universe around him. Oof, is all that he says now, leaning forward at each step, jerking his back, jerking his legs, and so jerking his entire person ever onward and upward. He no longer even calls to the spaniel. But there are no more hedges or bushes to hide her now, and from a slightly prominent pale blue eye, he has seen her lying down. With her tongue out, knows as she knows that this is the limit of her own constitutional and that she'll be waiting for him in exactly the same spot when presently he comes down again. The Spaniel, in fact, being hot, stout, and elderly, is at liberty to stop. But man, or in other words, the seventh Earl of Wick, though burdened with at least two of these qualities, has set himself a task and must apparently carry it out. The dog may rest, but her owner it seems must go forward. Poof, he says, though there's a faint breeze over the hilltop now and the air is fresh and fragrant on the upper slopes of Hogsdown. The track becomes grassy and slippery, but there are nails in his lordship's ancient shoes and there's an ash walking stick in his lordship's freckled hand. He's no stranger on Hogsdown either, having made this journey perhaps a thousand times. More, very likely, since he first took up his residence in the old rectory at Nunsley. So that if he puffs and pants, he still makes steady progress for all his sixty-eight years. And the track flattens out again and is no longer more than the mildest, gentlest ascent as the exquisite curve of the Chalk Hill merges towards the summit. There's a lark singing high overhead. There are crickets or grasshoppers rubbing their hind legs against their wing cases like anything. There is also a most confounded humming and bumping somewhere inside his lordship's own ears. But he is looking, not listening. And as he looks, the horizon, which a moment ago had been barely fifty yards away, suddenly leaps to a distance of almost half as many miles. Simultaneously, the actual goal of the Constitutional is made manifest. A bleached, wooden stile in the wire fencing which marks the nearer side of the road from Chelbury to Dimsfield, And in less than a couple of minutes, Lord Wick has covered the remaining distance, has planted one nailed shoe on the lower step, has hung his ash walking stick on the top rail, has still further raised the back of his shabby green hat so that the front is now well down towards his nose, has folded his arms, has transferred most of his weight to his elbows, and thus wedged and suspended— is in a position not only to recover from the effects of his climb, but also to gaze over an immense, if familiar, prospect.